Well, hello there. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. Uh, today we are going to be on chapter 34. We uh, went through chapter 33 on last uh, on the last video. And I thought we'd be able to get to chapter 34, but it went a little bit longer than I thought. So we're on chapter 34. And with chapter 33, we were talking about how... Um, that Jacob and Esau reunited and, and what happened once they got together. So in this chapter, in chapter 34, we're going to be talking about how Dana, who is the daughter of Jacob, was raped and what happened behind that. So this is an interesting chapter. But anyway, I just want to welcome anyone that has never been to the channel. Uh, my name is Elder Linda Anderson. On this channel, we, we read the Bible together. We also um, make sure we understand what we're reading. And then we make application to our lives. And I post a new video every Wednesday. So I'm glad you joined me. Give me a thumb up. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Let's just start with the word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this teaching. We thank you, God, for your word. We appreciate your word, Lord God. Father, is precious to us, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for even allowing us to study your word for us having the freedom in this country to even study the word of god father we praise you we honor you holy spirit we ask you to come in and be the teacher and get the glory in jesus name amen so amen so we're going to start reading genesis chapter 34 and i'm in the new living translation like i said i like to use that as a study um genesis chapter 34 we're going to start with verse number one just checking on my time here so we want to make sure that uh where we are here okay so Genesis chapter 34 verse one and uh put your seat belts on because this is going to be an interesting chapters so a lot of things going on here starting verse one it says one day dinah the daughter of jacob and leah went to visit some of the young women who lived in the area. But when the local prince, Shechem, son of Hamar, the Levite, saw Dinah, he seized her and raped her. Now, last week we talked about how Jacob just uh, moved to Shechem. And actually, probably during this time, uh, he's been here a little while in, in Shechem. He's camped outside of Shechem and uh, he's built him some altars there. And we talked about him not living in the city itself of Shechem. And that's S-H-E-C-H-E-M. Uh, but we talked about him not living in the city of Shechem because Shechem, they worshiped idols. And so he probably didn't want to be too close to him. So he was camped outside. So he's got a daughter. His one and only daughter that we know about. And here they're telling us that she decides that she wants to go and see these women of Shechem. So in verse 2, but when the local prince... Shechem, son of Hamar, the Levite. So Shechem is not only the city, the city is probably named after him, but it's also uh, the name of the local prince is called Shechem. And he's the son of Hamar. And the city was probably named after him. Well, he saw Dinah and he, she looked good to him. So he seized and raped her. Verse three. But then he fell in love with her and he tried to win her affection with tender words. And he said to his father, Hamar, Get me this young girl. I want to marry her. Soon Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah. But since his sons were out in the fields, herding his, his livestock, he said nothing until they returned. 
Hamar, Shechem's father, came to discuss the matter with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the field as soon as they heard what had happened. They heard what had happened. They were shocked and furious that their sister had been raped. Shechem had done a disgraceful thing against Jacob's family, something that should never be done. Hamar tried to speak with Jacob and his sons. My son Shechem is truly in love with your daughter, he said. Please let him marry her. In fact, let's arrange other marriages too. You give us your daughters for our sons and we will give you our daughters for your sons. And you may live and you may live among us. The land is open to you. Settle here and trade with us and feel free to buy property in the area. Verse 11. Then Shechem, Shechem, who is the son of Hamar, Shechem himself spoke to Dana's father and brothers. Please be kind to me and let me marry her, he begged. I will give you whatever you ask, no matter what dowry or gift you demand. Remember, they always gave a gift for the bride when they was getting ready to marry. I will gladly pay it. Just give me the girl as my wife. Verse 13. But since Shechem had defiled their sister, Dinah, Jacob's sons responded deceitfully hmm, to Shechem and his father, Hamer. And they said to them, we couldn't possibly allow this because you're not circumcised. It would be a disgrace for our sister to marry a man like you. But here is a solution. If every man among you will be circumcised like we are, then we will give you our daughters and we'll take your daughters for ourselves. We will live among you and become one people. But if you don't agree to be circumcised, we will take her we will take her and be on our way. Hamar and his son Shechem agreed to their proposal. Shechem wasted no time in acting on their on their request for he wanted Jacob's daughter desperately. Shechem was a highly respected member of his family, and he went with his father, Hamar, to present this proposal to the leaders at the town gate. And the town gate, remember, that's uh, in the city gate is when they hold all their meetings and all the who's who were there, and that's where they make all their decisions and the court is held and all that in the uh, gate of the city, in the city uh, gate. These men, verse 21, he's, he's presenting it to the town people. He said, these men are our friends. They said, let's invite them to live here among us and trade freely. Look, the land is large enough to hold them. We can take their daughters as wives and let them marry ours. But they will consider, but they will consider staying here and becoming one people with us only if all our men are circumcised, just as they are. But if we do this, all their livestock and possessions will eventually be ours. Come, let us agree to their, agree to their terms and let them settle here among us. Verse 24. So all the men in the town council agreed with Hamar and Shechem, and every male in the town was circumcised. But three days later, when their wounds were still sore, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, who were Dana's full brothers, 
took their swords and entered the town without opposition. Then they slaughtered every male there, including Hamar and his son Shechem. They killed them with their swords, then took Dinah from Shechem's house and returned to their camp. So obviously after he raped uh, Dinah, he had taken her into his house. Verse 27. Meanwhile, the rest of Jacob's sons arrived. Finding the men slaughtered, they plundered the town because their sister had been defiled there. So plunder means they start taking everything and, and taking whatever they wanted. Verse 28, they seized all the flocks and the herds and the donkeys and everything they could lay their hands on, both inside the town and outside in the fields. They looted all their wealth and plundered their houses. And they also took all their little children and wives and led them away as captives. Wow. Verse 30. Afterward, Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have ruined me. So Jacob was mad at these two sons for doing this. You've made me stink among all the people of this land. And when he says stink, it's like another word for that. He's, now I'm, I'm, I'm obnoxious. They, they can't stand me now. Uh, you made me stink among all the people of this land, among all the Canaanites and the Perizzites. We are so few that they will join forces and crush us. I will be ruined and my entire household will be wiped out. So Jacob, Jacob is afraid that what they just did is going to make everybody in Canaan want him to retaliate against them for what they just did. Verse 31. But this is what the boys said in retaliation. But why should we let him treat our sister like a prostitute? They retorted angrily. So they're not even sorry for what they did. So that's chapter 34. We're going to start breaking some of this down. Interesting chapter. A lot of uh, information in here. But um, according to the Quest Study Bible, the Hivites were descendants of Canaan. And we're talking about the Hivites because this is, this is what... Um, This is where they are. In Genesis chapter 10, verse 15 through 19, it reads, Canaan's oldest son was Sidon. And Canaan was Ham's son. Noah's sons was Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Noah had three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Well, Ham's son was Canaan. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, the ancestor of the Sidonians. Canaan was also the ancestor, this is where, where these people came from. And remember, Canaan was Noah's son's son. So Canaan was Noah's grandson. Canaan was also the ancestor of the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvadites, the Zemorites, the Hamathites, so all these ites. And they said they were descendants of Canaan. So this is a good thing to know where they came from because remember, God is going to give the children of Israel Canaan land. And yet they have all these people in here that they're going to have to fight against in order to take the land at some point here. The Canaanite clans eventually spread out 
And the territory of Canaan extended from Sidon in the north to Gerir and Gaza in the south, the east as far as Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboam, near Lasha. So they had even spread out to the Sodom and Gomorrah area. So in verse 1, now what's interesting about this, Dinah was the only daughter, like we said, that was mentioned, and she was Leah's daughter. Leah had six sons and the one daughter, Dinah, for Jacob. Because uh, her sons were also Reuben, was the oldest, Simeon, then Levi, then she had Judah, then she had Zebulon and Issachar, and she had Dinah. So uh, they're older than her. It appears that these, these uh, brothers are older than her. So she's the baby sister. So Dinah decided she wanted to go out and visit the women of Shechem. Why is this not good? Well, for one thing, the women of Shechem, that's why her dad camped outside of Shechem because he didn't want his family mingling and mixing in with them. Uh, and they worship idols. So this already uh, sends out alarms that, girl, what are you doing? You should not be going out here to mix with these women. So she was already not, and I don't know if she, if she was sneaking out or if her father actually knew, what, knew where she was going. But this is what she did. This is one day she decided uh, the daughter of Dan went to visit some of the young women. And she's probably a teenager right about now. Uh, early teens, so maybe she was sneaking. I don't know. But it wasn't a good idea because here Shechem saw her, saw how beautiful she was, and he took her, which would even speak to what kind of city Shechem was because he didn't think anything was wrong with him taking what he wanted. And remember, they worship idols and they probably had, uh, uh, you know, a lot of prostitution and stuff going on anyway. But they, um, he, he saw her, he liked her, and he, he had sex with her. He raped her. And then, and, and he's a, his name is Shechem. He's the local prince. He's the son of Hamar, who was the head of Shechem. But he fell in love with her after he raped her. So in verse 5 through 7, Jacob and his sons heard about it, and they were furious. They were upset. In verse 8 through 10, Shechem's father met with Jacob and his sons, and he was begging them to let his son marry Dinah because he loved her. Mind you, we haven't heard any apology, any I'm sorry. Uh, so there's there's nothing to say that they feel any remorse about what he even did. He, he still felt like he did the right thing and begging him to let, them, let him marry him. And they offered Jacob and his family free reign in the land, and you can trade here, you can buy property, uh, you know, uh, suggesting that we, we even, we can even open that up and we all can switch, you know, our women, you can marry our, our women, we'll marry your women, you know, so they, they kind of want to just absorb the Israelites, you know, into their, their, their system and, and because they're feeling like they're going to benefit from this too, that both will benefit from this. So according to the NIV study Bible, the Canaanites wanted to absorb Israel of its offspring and its wealth. Because remember, Jacob's rich. So throughout their journey, the people of God are going to be challenged either to be absorbed into, remember all those, those ites I read, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, where every time they run into some of these ites, 
they're going to be challenged to do, are we going to let ourselves be absorbed into them and take on some of their sinful characteristics and their traits that we know God told us not to do? Or are we going to um, be true to our calling and true to our own faith? And in some places have to be hostile and actually fight and take them out of the land. So in verse 11 and 12, Shechem was begging for uh, them to let him marry Dinah, stating that uh, he would pay whatever dowry they demanded. And and truth be told, he, you know, Dinah must have been, you know, she must have been a catch because he probably really did feel some feelings for her. I don't know if it was lust at this point. Okay, you already, you know, took her. And, but now you're saying you, you want to marry her. So, you know, I don't know. You could say that that's being uh, honorable because you already raped her. So Jacob's sons, and this was interesting to me because in verse 13 to 17, Jacob's son deceitfully told them that they would agree to the marriage and becoming one people only if all the men of the city would be circumcised because that was part of their culture and their, their, um, their nations that all the men had to be circumcised. Now, circumcision was not... Um, just an Israelite thing. Uh, some other cultures did do circumcision when they, some of them was a passage. I read somewhere where it was a passage of right. Like once you turn 12 years old, you were circumcised like the sign of being a man or something. But not everybody did it, but some people had did it. But I think only Israel used circumcision as a sign of the, of the promise, as a sign of the covenant with God. So uh, Jacob's son, who was Simeon and Levi, um, they told, they were being deceitful and who else do we know was, has been deceitful who just got their name changed? Their dad, Jacob himself, you know, was the, was the, the, the king of deceit. And now his son seems like they're following in his footsteps because they were being deceitful and they told him, well, you know, okay, if you get circumcised, we'll agree to it. So according to the Nelson study Bible, Jacob's son was using the holy symbol of their faith, which was circumcision. And they was using it as a weapon. This is what they were doing. So in verses 18 through 20, Shechem and his father, Hamar, agreed to the conditions of circumcision. And they went to their town square to, to convince everybody that this is what they wanted to do. Now, when they presented to the town square people, uh, now when they presented it to Jacob and his sons, they said, well, you can come on in and you can buy you some land and you can prosper and all this. So now when they presented to the town people, they said, we should let them come in. The land is big and everything they have is going to eventually be ours. So they're, they're, they're telling them a total different story that we're going to start absorbing what they have, which is probably true because if they're going to intermingle with wives and with, with, with the women and they're going to give them their women and uh, the Israelites are going to give them their women back and forth. Every time you marry, you give the father of the bride gifts. So they're probably thinking we're going to get a lot of that wealth from them if we intermingle that, that way. So it appears that Shechem had really fallen in love with Dana and he wanted her so much that he was even willing to be circumcised. And mind you, there is no mention of how Dinah felt, felt after all this. And which is kind of sad, you know, I know us as women, we glad we didn't relive back in that time because, um, Women didn't have a lot of say so, you know, they, they were, you know, they were used as, looked down as property almost. Um, 
And, and mind you, that was not the way it was in the beginning. When God first created the heaven and earth, the woman and the man were a team. They both had dominion over the earth. The woman helped the man to rule over the earth. God told them both to rule over and have dominion over the earth. Well, after the fall, things changed. Okay, so all this is a result of the fall. That's the way I see it. It's a result of the fall. This was not the original, the original posture that a woman was supposed to have, that you're like only property, because that's not the way God ordained it. But we're in a fallen society, and this is this is where it's going. So in verse 21 and 23, Shechem convinced them by by saying that, you know, of course, that they could they can have their daughters and give them ours, and also by by them living here, eventually their cattle and everything will become ours. So in the NIV study Bible, the men of Shechem agreed to, uh, the men of, she the men of Shechem actually was like a greedy thing. It's like, wow, they, Jacob must have had a lot and it must have looked good, you know, because they were, their greed got the best and said, yeah, let's do that. Okay. So verse 24 to 26, all the men of the town agreed to the condition of being circumcised. And remember, Shechem had a lot of power. He's the prince of the town. So they looked up to him. So probably anything he said, they probably went along with it. Well, they were all circumcised, but get this, three days later, Simeon and Levi. Now, Simeon and Levi, Jacob had 11 sons. Simeon and Levi were Dinah's full-blooded sons. It was Reuben, Simeon, Levi, uh, Zebulun, and Issachar, I believe. So he had, um, yes, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun and Issachar. Those were her five brothers from her mom, Leah. So Simeon and Levi were the two that the two brothers that um, went into the town three days after all the men had been circumcised and they killed all the men of the town while they were still healing because they were, they were too sore to even fight and they weren't expecting it. So it was... You know, probably the element of surprise as, as well as they, they were they were healing. And they took their sister from Shechem's house and returned her to their camp. So uh, as we said, I think that uh, Shechem had already taken Dinah into his camp because he had raped her. And one of the uh, commentaries said that she wouldn't be fit for any other man at this point because she had been raped by He had defiled her. So... Couple of questions. Why did they need to slaughter all the men? And there's a couple of comments about that. Uh, according to the Quest Study Bible, uh, Israel was was offended. The children, I mean, the, you know, Jacob's sons were offended because here are these men, after they raped her, uh, they're so arrogant. They didn't come with an apology. They coming coming saying, "Well, we want we want to have her as our wife." Never said, "I'm sorry, I raped her." Or any apology? So they obviously Shechem didn't think he did anything wrong. They didn't try and make amends. They just wanted to take advantage of Israel's tribe. Uh, it was also suggested that if they only killed Shechem, now we're, at, we're talking about why did they kill all the men? If they only killed Shechem, who was the prince of the city, all the other men would come after them. And at this point, Jacob's army wasn't that big. I don't, he didn't even have an army at this point. So then why was Dana in Shechem's tent and according to the Quest Study Bible, it said that since he raped her, he would she would not be available for any other man. 
So in verse 27 to 29, so remember it was Simeon and Levi that went in there, just two men slaughtered all the men of the city, Simeon and Levi. Uh, the rest of Jacob's sons came into the town. So Simeon and Levi, so that was another 10, no, nine, nine of them went in there and they uh, went to the town and took all the flocks. They took the herds. They took the camel. They just, they just, took, they just uh, looted the town, took everything, went to their houses, took everything out their houses. And they also took all the children. They took the women. Uh, and what were they going to do with all this? Well, they were going to have them as hostages and not just as hostages, but the quest, uh, Bible, according to quest Bible study, likely they were going to turn the children into slaves and turn the women into concubines. Remember, we're talking about fallen nature. We're talking about sin in the world that have already been in the world. So uh, things are things are pretty bad, and getting worse and worse. And and the whole God is allowing it to take its course because eventually Jesus is going to come and redeem everything. But right now, Jesus hasn't come yet, and we're seeing how bad sin can get. Amen. So in verse thirty, Jacob was upset by the actions of Simeon and Levi. And he felt they had made him an enemy of the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Jacob was afraid that they would join forces forces, and wipe him and his family out. So Jacob, it's strange to me that he was not that upset about the fact that they raped his only daughter, Dinah. He was more upset that, oh my gosh, what have y'all done? Now all these people around here in Canaan are going to come after me and I don't even have an army. They're going to wipe out my whole family because you did this and they're going to hate me because of this. So Jacob is more concerned about maybe he's seeing a big picture. He's more concerned about his whole family than he was about them raping Dinah. But uh, Simeon and Levi were so angry about uh, how they treated Dinah that they did not care about any consequences of people or, or the, of their actions. They just didn't care. They just wanted to get revenge for their sister. But Jacob was so upset with them that let me uh, read some of his last words to Simeon and Levi just before he died. It's in uh, Genesis chapter 49, verse five through seven. It says, Simeon and Levi are two of a kind. Their weapons are instruments of violence. Now this is his last, he's supposed to be giving them a blessing. It's his last words before he dies. But this is what he's saying about these two. May I never join in their meetings. May I never be a part of their plans. For in their anger, they murdered men and they crippled oxen just for sport. A curse on their anger, for it is fierce. A curse on their wrath, for it is cruel. I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob. I will disperse them throughout Israel. So this is what is said about Simeon and Levi. So what, what do we see here? I mean, um, it is a cruel thing that happened. You know, I don't know if, if you would say that you, you agree with what Simeon and Levi did. It just seems overly cruel to me because, you know, they killed every single man in the city because of what Shechem did. It just doesn't seem fair to me, you know. And later on, when Moses gives the law, he's going to uh, you know, give the law eye for an eye, two for the two, that, you know, they let the punishment um, uh, meet the crime. But right now, it looks like they went way overboard because they just wiped the city out. They they killed all the men, uh, took all the flock, took all everything that they had, 
and then took all their women and all their children. So everybody in the whole city paid for what one man did. So uh, this chapter to me further shows us how mankind has fallen. And if you think about it, you know, if you start with even, you know, it's just a progression. It started with the fall in the garden when they disobeyed God. And then we go to how Cain killed Abel. So, so now they're murdered after they they uh, kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And now you see murder coming into, into view. And then you have the lying. You know, where's your brother? I don't know where he is. Am I my brother's keeper? You know, you have lying going on now. Then you have polygamy. They started marrying more than one wife. That was not God's intention. It was one man for one woman, Adam and Eve. Uh, then they started having more than one wife. Then the angels came and started sleeping with women and, and creating giants, the Nephilims. So God's not pleased with that. So he had to have a judgment fall. He, he sent the flood because he says man's imagination was constantly and totally evil. You know, that's a pretty heavy thing to say. Everything that these men, these people think about is evil all the time. So God wiped them, wiped them out with the flood. And then you have uh, Noah starting to drink. I'm just, you know, so even when the flood came, God knew that uh, this was not going to solve the problem, but he, he wiped them out because the only way this problem is going to be solved is when Jesus Christ comes. And so God knows that. God knows everything. But still he wiped them out because, you know, they had the Nephilims and he had to get rid of all that. Then he had the Tower of Babel where the people had decided we're going to make it to heaven and we don't need God. We're going to get there on our own. So they start building this tower, not thinking about God, not with God in mind. It was all what they want to do. And he had to come down and say, you know what? I'm going to have to confuse these people because otherwise they I, no telling where they're going to go with this. So he made everybody have a different language so nobody could understand what anybody was saying. So they couldn't finish building their tower up to heaven because nobody knew what anybody was saying anymore. He just confused their language. Uh, homosexuality with Sodom and Gomorrah came in and with men raping other men. Then you have a, a, a lot of scheming going on right now with Rebecca and Jacob and Isaac and scheming between Laban and Jacob. Uh, Laban was a, a idol worshiper because remember Rachel stole some of her father's idols. So, I mean, so you see that the downturn from even the beginning of creation, and this is not what God meant it to be, but he's allowing it because he has a secret plan. He has a plan that Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to be the only one that's going to be able to turn this thing around. So thank God for Jesus. Amen. Thank God that he came and, and saved us uh, from our sin and stopped this downward um, spiral that we were going in and caused us to be seen by his, you know, in his righteousness instead of uh, being damned to hell. Amen. So thank God for Jesus. So that is our lesson in Genesis chapter 34. As I told you, it's going to be something interesting um, with what goes on. Because I told you there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to read about that's going to make your mouth go, oh, did they really do that in the Bible? Yes, they did. Yes, that happened. And thank God he put all that in there for us to know that there are some imperfect people and God still blessed them. God still blessed Jacob. He still blessed his 12 sons. Uh, because he had a call on their life. So it's not necessary that you have to be perfect for God to bless you. Uh, but if God's got a plan for your life, he's going to make sure it comes to pass. Amen. 
Amen. So just make sure you go on to my channel. There's a playlist called The Sinner's Prayer. Uh, get onto the playlist. Man, my channel is reading through the Bible, the other lender. There, uh, get onto the playlist because there is an explanation of why you need Jesus and that will lead you to Christ. Also, there's a teaching on that same playlist called Teaching About Salvation, which will give you all the scriptures that will help you understand our whole salvation experience. Amen. So next week we will be on chapter 35. So let's just close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this teaching. Holy Spirit, we thank you, O oh God. We praise you. We honor you. We magnify you. We give you all the glory. We ask that you be with us as we go our separate ways. And keep us, Lord, according to your grace and according to your mercy. And we're careful to give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I will see you next week.